going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram's at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 126, and it's the Super Bowl preview. Super Bowl 57 this Sunday. So we're going to break it all down, give our picks, MVPs. Also, second half basketball, because we've uh, kind of been pushing that off until we had some extra time to talk about mm-hmm. basketball. And it's time. There's some big moves here. We're going to do awards for that as well. Yeah. So we're going to have a midseason check-in for NBA, talk about everything that, you know, has been going on in the last few months, playoff teams, awards, stuff like that. Uh, and the first half is going to be football. So that should be fun. Uh, getting started with the opener, though, I'm going – the bas- back to basketball, I guess, for this, uh, with Clay dropping 42 points last night uh, in a game where the Warriors kind of needed him to because no step for the next month or so at this point. Uh, and Clay stepped yeah. up big time 12 threes on 16 attempts. Uh, 42 points leads us to a 27 point victory. I feel like I should also mention Jordan Poole having a career high 12 assists in this game as well, too. Uh, and point a good God. dub for the dubs uh, against a Decent team in the Thunder this year. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to some college football here. Maybe thinking, well, what are you talking about? TCU already got smacked, man. Well, it's the Senior Bowl. Okay. One of the most important parts of the postseason of college football, especially for the draft. And I couldn't watch the game because I was working, but I went back, rewatched it. And uh, the national team led by Jay Kaner with 140 yards and a touchdown win the senior bowl game. Uh, like I said, Jake Hayner, you know, close to where we're from, very close. So it's cool to see a guy like him getting some, some national recognition finally, because he's a great quarterback. And uh, I, I just want to shout out one other big winner from the senior bowl, Ty J Spears, the two lane running back uh, only had a couple touches in the game, but apparently was just destroying people in practice. So uh, that'll help out the draft stock. And if uh, you don't remember, Kyle, he's the guy who ran for 200 yards and four touchdowns against USC in the mm. uh, Cotton Bowl. So uh, big draft stock up for this guy. Yeah. Moving on to the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. Me and Scott actually haven't talked about this yet at all. Uh, but I was thinking Cam <laughs> Thomas would be a pretty good guy to do oh, this. Oh, I'm, I'm uh, down with that one. Scored 44 on Saturday against the Wizards and then 47 yesterday against the Clippers. This is the Brooklyn Nets guard, if you've never heard of him. Uh, Stepping up big when Kyrie has now been traded. Uh, And then Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie aren't really quite ready to play for the team yet. So Nets are in kind of a weird spot with no KD as well. Uh, But Cam Thomas has been stepping up and he's been playing great over these past two games. And he's already got like eight or ten points in the first quarter of their game that they're playing right now. Wow. Uh, so Cam Thomas. Wonder what yes, the sir. odds were for that going into this week for a Mac Sports Player of the Week. But uh, <sighs> a write-in vote. <laughs> yeah. A good job by him and uh maybe something big for the stretch for the Brooklyn Nets as they now are without Kyrie Irving. Moving on to the team reports. Uh Anything with the Jetropolitans. Just want to mention some stuff more uh, about the quarterback news, just because our Where's your head at? It's going to be all Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start off with Derek Carr. Got approved to meet with the Saints. Uh, that's that's pretty big for both of our teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously a guy who used to play for you, a guy the Jets are interested in, and uh, we'll keep an eye on it because uh, the Saints are obviously an interesting fit if they can find the money. The second one, uh, Aaron Rodgers. So... On the Pat McAfee show today, he said he's going to go on a darkness retreat for four days and come back with his answers. Or if he's going to play, if he does, where it's going to be, where he would want to play. And uh, I couldn't help but, you know, compare this to Thad Castle, the legendary linebacker on his vision quest when they were uh, struggling. I'm just, I, I got to say, Kyle, I, I kind of like the odds of the Jets getting Rodgers after him being on drugs in the dark, you know, because it'll take you take your mind to places you've never thought of before. Maybe like New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it also, there's something going on with the odds for Aaron Rodgers too. Uh-huh. If, if you've taken a look at those over the last few days, 
Uh, Aaron Rodgers yesterday, you look at it, he was minus 150 to be a Raider, plus 300 to be a Jet, plus 300 to be a Packer, and then all the other teams in there as well. But today, after the Vision Quest, have you seen what has happened to the odds? The Raiders are minus 400. Oh, my God. Packers at plus 300. Jets at plus 600. And then the Buccaneers, Patriots, 49ers, Commanders, and Titans all at plus 2,000 to plus 1,500. So something within the vision quest. Maybe he's going on that vision quest with Mark Davis and Devontae Adams or something like that. But uh, pretty interesting stuff wow. going on there. You know, I, I kind of thought of it the other way around. With a clear head, I would think he would follow Devontae. But on a, a darkness retreat, retreat type beat here. Gotta go the other way around, but uh, anyway, I, I, I'm excited either way. To be honest with you, to find out what's going on with this dude. <laughs> yeah, it should be interesting to see. And uh, moving on to the car thing as well, or going back to it a little bit. Yeah, because uh, I guess we're kind of just kind of doing a little one joint team report since our teams are kind of intertwined with this exactly. TV controversy and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Derek Carr's going to be visiting New Orleans over the next few days and checking out the facility. Interesting thing to note. The head coach uh, for the New Orleans Saints is Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen was the head coach that was there when Derek Carr made his debut, Mm -hmm. uh, ironically, against the Jets. Uh, So there's the triangle of teams there. But something to note, uh, obviously there hasn't been a trade worked out or anything like that yet, but it's a start. And there's eight days until that trade needs to be finalized. So we'll see how that goes. I'm just – I'm going to be absolutely terrified if – Car goes to the Saints early, and we have to rely on Rogers' vision quest to go our way. You know, I'm going to be terrified that our quarterback's going to be Ryan Tannehill or something. Yeah, I will say I feel a bit more comfortable about the Raiders' QB search because yeah. it, it seems like it should be Rogers or draft a QB at this point. Well, there's always uh, Garoppolo. I, fuck. <laughs> uh, I got a surprise for you, Skyler. Before yeah. we get into where's your head at, uh, I got a little trivia for you. Because I saw I saw a TikTok. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen those like random slideshow TikToks recently where it just talks about like random players and stuff like that. No. Uh but I saw something saying Keelan Cole is eleventh in all time Jags receiving leaders. Okay. And so I'm gonna have you name the guys the ten guys ahead of him. Can you name those ten guys, Skyler? Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas is not on there. Really? Okay. Um, Mike Sims Walker. Mike Sims Walker is not on there. He's 19th. God damn it, man. Um, fuck. Um, I'm going to start the timer. I'm going to give you two minutes to name as many people as you can. Okay. Uh, see, this isn't. This isn't, uh, you know, group of players I talk about very much. I know. There's, there's <laughs> a few names on here. You're like, oh, my gosh, what? Really? It's... Mike Thomas wasn't? He's like the fifth best player in franchise history. <laughs> um, I'm, Let me think of some tight ends. Um, See, there is two tight ends on the list and two running backs. Oh, Maurice Jones-Drew. Yep. Fred Taylor. Yep. Maurice uh, Jones Drew is fourth, by the way, and Fred Taylor is eighth. Okay. Um, damn receivers, man. <laughs> There's one that has like double any yards as the number two guy. Tory Holt. Tory Holt, no. I think he did play there. Anquan Bolden didn't play there, did he? Fuck. I, oh, that was the uh, Black Lives Matter. Uh, Solo challenges. I was doing it today. I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. Um, I know there's one that's that's gonna kill me because I know he was a legend and and Madden. Uh, Let me see. See, there is yeah. one, two. There's two players besides those. Right. Well, the running backs aren't active anymore. But there's two players yeah. that are active here. Uh, and. Just think about some of the, the, the teams that Jacksonville had that were good over the last 20 years. Who who are the, the wide receivers and tight ends on those teams? Who was Blake Bortles throwing to? You got 30 <laughs> seconds here, Skyler. 
I'm I'm very sorry, Jacksonville. Okay. I don't think about you guys that often. Let's see. Why is this blanking so hard for me? Number five and six, both their names are Allen. Oh, Alan Hearns. And Robinson. Yep, those are five and six. So you got four out of the ten guys. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll just do, do a line yeah. with you. Number ten is Reggie Williams with uh, 2,322 yards, but not a super known guy. Uh, Cecil Shorts is nine. Yeah. Uh, Fred Taylor is eight. Kyle Brady is seven. Fuck Kyle Brady. Alan Hearns is six. Alan Robinson is five. MJD is four. Mercedes Lewis uh. is three. Keenan McCardle is two, Don't and then him. Jimmy Smith. Yeah, I should have got Jimmy Smith. He's number one with yeah. 12,287 yards compared to uh, McCardle's 6,393. Wow. So maybe maybe something that you'll see in the coming episodes. Got a little okay. surprise Okay, thanks trivia. for keeping me on my Test toes. knowledge, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into where's your head at, though. Let's talk to Super Bowl, because uh, that's obviously the main event this week. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, we hope it was like one of the better Super Bowl matchups that we've had in a little while too. Yeah. All right. We're going to go position by position, see what we have as far as who's better, what are the positional advantages going to be like, uh, and how big are those advantages? So starting off with the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen hurts. We know it's Patty Mahomes, but yes. how much is it? Patty Mahomes. It's by a lot. You know, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And I think we're really going to see this uh, when, when shit hits the fan for Kansas city, you know, uh, say they can't run the ball. We're going to have to see Mahomes get to that next level to keep him in this game. Yeah, it's going to be Mahomes. Uh, he's going to have to play a tremendous game to, to win this game. He's going to have to play probably the best game of his career in order to win this game. So uh, I'll go Mahomes, but Jalen hurts is obviously a great quarterback as well. Yeah. Moving to the running back, Miles Sanders, <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, whoever it is uh, for the Eagles. And then McKinnon, Pacheco, Clyde Edwards, Alaire. He's still on the team. Same thing with Ronald Jones. Uh, who has the advantage at the running back position? Yeah, it's Philly by a pretty big margin here. I, I like uh, McKinnon in the receiving game a little bit. And Pacheco obviously brings a punch. But mm-hmm. Sanders, Gainwell, Scott, like you said, either one of those guys can can burst one at any moment. And uh that should scare you as KC defense. I think it's it's actually closer than what we we might think just because of how good the offensive line is in Philly as far as like run scheme goes. And I think if That's you have fair. Pacheco or a speed, a speed guy like McKinnon in that offense and in Philly, they do really, really good. I'm still only going to go that Sanders, Gainwell, Boston Scott trio uh, in Philly, but not by that big of a margin. Moving on to wide receivers and tight ends. So, the guys that Hurts and Mahomes are throwing to, Dallas Goddard, Double Batmans, uh, Zach Pascal is on that team as well. Uh, uh, and I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I'm missing. Nope. Uh, and then moving on to Kansas City, obviously Travis Kelsey and like the five or six solid wide receivers that the Kansas City Chiefs have. Yeah. Who has a positional advantage on this side? Because this one's actually pretty uh-huh. close, I think, too. Yeah, uh, may shock you, but I'm going to go with the tie here. You know, I think A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard are great. But Kelsey is so important to the game plan that it evens it out. And also, I really like Juju's matchup on Avante Maddox. He should destroy him. And uh, that helps with the with the tie here, with the skill position. I'm going to go... Uh... I'm going to go Eagles. I think this one is pretty close, too. Uh, but when you got both the wide receivers and A.J. Brown and Devon Smith. That's probably the best duo in the league right now. Maybe Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are yeah. a pretty close second, but Dallas Goddard's a stud too, man. And they... Jalen Hurts has had no problem all year getting the ball to those guys. So, I'm going Philly, but Travis Kelsey being on that Kansas City team definitely makes yeah. this one a pretty pretty close question. O-line, I think we know the answer to this one. Eagles yeah. have one of the best O-lines and the past 10 to 15 years. Uh, so safe to say we're going Philly. Yeah. They have no weaknesses on the offensive line. It's not about having great guys. Like a guy like Kelsey, who's an all pro it's, you know, you can count on all five of those dudes. Yeah. Moving on to D line. 
Uh, I'm going Philly here. Uh, I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. The Eagles have the third most sacks out of any team in NFL history ever. Uh, and that's because mm-hmm. D-line's good. <laughs> yeah, four guys with 10-plus sacks. And Fletcher Cox has seven, too, which is amazing from the interior at his age. Uh, that's going to be hard to stop. Yeah. Linebackers, this one's pretty close because Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, those guys are kind of more defensive linemen at yeah. some points, even though they're really like outside <laughs> linebackers. Uh, and then the, the not the Eagles, the Kansas City, Nick Bolton, guys like that on their squad. Uh, who stands out more? I'm going to give this one a tie, too, because I think TJ Edwards is the top G of the group mm-hmm. here. But I'm taking Nick Bolton and Willie Gay over Kaiser White. Because uh, those two guys are going to be flying all over the place. But obviously, you know, even a, I checked it just in case because I'm not a middle linebacker film expert. Uh, PFF did have TJ Edwards at like 87% grade this season, which was, you know, a top 12 linebacker in the league. So uh, I, I think it's safe to give it a tie. But uh, for an overall group, I guess if you wanted me to break the tie, I'd go with Kansas City's two guys. Yeah, I'd probably go with Kansas City. Yeah. I think Nick Bowl and Willie Gay got those dudes are are studs, especially with how young uh Nick Bolton is. And I think he's gonna break out into one of the better players, one of the better linebackers in the league eventually mm-hmm. at some point in his career. Uh they're both solid groups, uh, but kinda, you know, don't really stand out much comparative to the other yeah. guys on their defenses. <clears throat> uh and then defensive backs are the last one. Uh, Philly's got CGJ, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, uh, and Kansas City's got Justin Reed, Legarius Sneed, uh, Cook. I'm blanking on his first name, but he's a rookie safety wearing number six. I blank on his name all the time, but uh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I, I want to call him James. Brian Cook? Yeah, Brian. Brian Cook? Yeah. Good call. Good call. But yeah, it's Philly. You know, the guys you named for Philly, Slay, Bradbury, CJ, just some all of pros. them all pros very good and they don't have any weaknesses like justin watson rookie on kansas city who may be a big weakness in this one also jerry sneed's been banged up all year long you got to go with philly yeah i'm going philly here too it's that group those corners are just they don't get beat and when you have one of the best pass rushes in nfl history combined with a defensive back trio of those three guys plus reed blankenship uh, it's it's pretty scary. It's pretty scary, and it's going to be interesting to see how Patrick Mahomes navigates that. Uh, so I guess that leads into the big question. Who's going to yep. win? Who's going to win Super Bowl MVP? What are you thinking for the score prediction here as well? I think it's going to be 31-26, and it's going to be Kansas City. I'm going to do it. You can call me crazy. I think Mahomes is the best player on the planet, and... He's going to find a way to do it. Mahomes MVP, of course. It wouldn't shock me if Kelsey, you know, had similar numbers as his first game of the playoffs, you know, 14, 15 catches, if they gave it to him instead. But I'm going to go with Mahomes here. Yeah, I think if Kansas City wins, it's probably going to have <laughs> yeah. to be Mahomes because he's going to have to do some crazy things to win. Uh, but I'm going I'm going Philly. Uh, I'm going to go 35-24. So decently high-scoring okay. game. Philly just... I don't think Kansas City's defense can can compare to what Philly's got. Cause, and I know people have talked about how the Niners' defense is kind of just screwed from the get-go with no offensive production, but they ran the belt, the ball well on them, on them in the red zone. And that's with linebackers of Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, <laughs> defensive linemen with Nick Bosa, Charles Amena, who has had a good season yeah. uh, on the field, that is. Yes. But... <laughs> Uh, you know, that's one of the best defenses in all football too. So I just don't think Kansas city's got the defensive line and the linebackers to be able to stop the run game. And then once they do stop the run game, put extra guys in the box, whatever it is, the two wide receivers and a tight end are going to have a field day. And, uh, I think Jalen Hurts has done a great job of navigating what to do at the right time this entire year. Same thing with Nick Sirianni, uh, I think it's just going to continue. So I go 35, 24, okay. uh, but the MVP is pretty interesting. I don't, there's so many guys, there's so many good players on that team. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a pick six. So I'm not going to go with the defensive players or any fumble like that. Hassan Reddick would have been a guy you could have chose, I guess. 
but I'll I'll take the easy way out. I'll go Jalen Hurts. Okay. Yeah, I I think the Eagles are the best team here, and I don't think you're crazy at all. But this is a quarterback driven league, and I would be very upset with myself if I didn't go with Patrick Mahomes in this one. Yeah, uh, got to follow the script, Kyle. They can't can't <laughs> bet against Brady. Turns into they can't bet against Mahomes yeah. type scenario, <clears throat> and I do it. I mean, I did a lot la- last game that they played a bet against. Can't bet against Burrow either, and look what happened. So uh, <laughs> that's true. I'm yeah, I'm going Philly, and I think okay. I think they cover too. We'll talk more about that in the layups. All right. Moving on to halftime, Super Bowl injury report, coaching carousel, draft rankings for the QBs. Skeller, what do you got? Yeah, well, we'll start off with the injuries. We're still, you know, on the topic of uh, of the Super Bowl. So, Miko Hardman, Kansas City receiver, is likely not going to play. Andy Reid, you know, strongly hinted at it. That his, he got placed uh, on IR, too. So he's, Oh, really? It's official? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My bees. You're chilling. Uh, but some other guys, just to keep in mind, you got Juju Smith-Schuster, knee swelling that kept him out of practice legerius needs still in concussion protocol but looking to play and Kadarius tony ankle sprain he says he's going to play so those are the kansas city ones and with philly it's pretty much just about rest right now they have landon dickerson lane johnson cam jurgens avante maddox robert quinn a lot of big dudes and avante maddox getting some rest this week. So uh they they made sure to list it on the injury report, you know, foot slash rest, groin slash rest. So uh they want to make it clear big dudes just need a day off. And yeah, uh that that doable. sounds good for Philly. Yeah. Yeah. And they uh I don't know if you've seen any of the media day stuff, but this is kinda of unrelated. Did you see the person yeah. that that asks Sirianni, Hey, is this is this a must win game <laughs> yeah. for you guys? Uh-huh. He goes, uh, yeah, and then it just moves on like it's nothing. Unfazed, I fucking love that guy. Even if I mean, he's cocky, yeah. whatever it is, he's a super fun coach to, you know, kind of see. Except probably if your team's facing him, then it probably wouldn't be that fun. I assume the guy asking the question really meant to say like, "Is this regime screwed if you choke this game?" But he didn't want to be rude, so he said it in a more stupid way, you know. Or he's just joking with him. Yeah. You never know. Could be that. That's true. But all right. Uh, NFL coaching carousel. Uh, there's two spots still open, and we're that very narrowed weird. down here. It, it feels is weird, weird that it's this late, and there's no coach hiring for those spots. Uh, so we'll start with Arizona, because we know for sure they have two guys they're down to. There's Mike Kafka, the Giants OC, and there's Lou Anarumo. I, I, DC I think Cincy. I'm pronouncing it right. Yes, it's the Cincy DC. And um, again, I, all we know is it's down to those two. You know, I wouldn't be shocked to either of them. Obviously, the Cincinnati fans have said they love Lou. They don't want to see him go. And we know Mike Kafka helps Danny Dimes a whole lot this year. Uh, and the last one is the Indianapolis Colts. And I have a theory, but I'm going to wait till the end because they really like Mike Kafka as well if he doesn't go to Arizona. And then also Wink Martindale uh, got a, a second interview, the Giants defensive coordinator. But I unfortunately think that uh, why Indy doesn't have their new head coach yet is because if they don't get Mike Kafka, they're just going to bring back Jeff Saturday. Yeah. When, well, I will say something about Lou. Uh, I, yeah. I don't want to even want to say his last name because I, I know I'm going to fuck it up. Uh but when you think about that group, that Cincy defense and how solid they are in those big games of the past two years, and you look at the the group that they have, like Trey Hendrickson's good, Sam Hubbard's good, Logan Wilson's good, yeah. Jesse Bates is good. Like they have good players, but when you compare it to, you know, these crazy defenses that we've seen over the last few years with the Niners, the Eagles, the Rams last year, they don't really compare like their personnel is not nearly as good. So that yeah. obviously speaks to how good uh, Lou is in, in Cincy. So sure. it could be a solid choice. Will it be the, the best choice? I don't know. All right. Well, I got one more thing in halftime, something I was working on yesterday for the NFL draft. It's my quarterback prospect rankings. And I got some comparisons for him too. I think Here I sent go. a picture over to Kyle, but I don't know if he's seen all of these. 
So uh, I you you started doing a few of them, but I think I was at work or something uh, or okay. in the middle of something, and I didn't get a chance to to read all. Of them. You want me to start from one or ten? Go from ten. Go from 10. okay. So number ten, we got Max Duggan from TCU, projected six. Terrible seven. week at the Senior Bowl, by the way. UDFA. Yeah, and that's why he's he's bumped down here a little bit. Uh, probably going to be a UDFA, and uh, the ceiling for him is Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I think he could be a solid quarterback because he's so athletic. Uh, and then Andy Dalton would be the next level. And then the floor would be a Josh Johnson type guy. You know, he's smart. You know, he's athletic. Experienced too. You know, a guy who, you know, could possibly, possibly be a backup is the point here. And uh, Setson Bennett is going to be the next guy at number nine. Uh, similar situation, uh, got arrested the other day, going to be seventh rounder UDFA unless Tennessee takes a shot on him or something. Um, but his his ceiling, I have Gardner Minshew, another guy who nothing above average about his uh, athleticism or arm, but he's just he's won a lot and he's pretty smart. And then there's Taylor Heineke at the next level. And the floor is going to be Johnny Manziel. It's going to be a guy who uh, is just a problem. And we've yeah. already seen that begin beginning here so uh that's not good you sold your soul to the devil trying to win two <laughs> natties man you don't get yeah. shit in the nfl mm-hmm. shout out to my brother oh, who gave boy. me the johnny manziel Listen to that. <laughs> all right number eight it's going to be dtr dorian thompson robinson from ucla i think he could go rounds four through seven uh the ceiling here uh, don't go too crazy here it's lamar jackson because he is He's stupid athletic. He is He's he is stupid, stupid athletic, and uh, will be the best athlete on the field whenever he's playing. Um, and then obviously a little lower than that, Tyrod Taylor. And if he can't get um, the processing down, it's the Taysom Hill gadget guy. Uh, but I, I obviously think pretty highly of him. He's my number eight quarterback for a reason. So I hope no, he gets I, a shot. I like DTR. I think yeah. he uh, he's a guy who has that like superstar potential in him. I don't know, yeah. like the chance that that turns into actually being a superstar exactly. is very low, but he has that. Oh shit. This guy, this guy's got some plays. <clears throat> him, so, yeah. All right. Uh, my number seven quarterback is the first guy in that round four through seven range. It's going to be Jake Hayner, MVP of the senior bowl, Fresno state. Uh, the ceilings, Kirk cousins. You know, again, there's nothing spectacular about the arm, but you can trust him. He's smart. He's athletic enough. He has enough arm, even though it's not spectacular. So then the next level of that would be Baker. You know, would be probably uh, this the average. Oh, this is Jake Hayner. Okay. State. Yeah. It would be next level would be Baker. And then the floor would be Case Keenum. You know, I, and I don't mean Case Keenum on the Vikings. I mean, right now, Case Keenum, where you, you're not really sure where he's at, but you know he's good enough to be on a team, you know, helping some starter out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, number six, you're going to like this one. Tanner McKee from Stanford projected okay. rounds two through four. This guy's massive. Uh, so Nick Foles is going to be the ceiling. You know, he's got a massive arm and obviously a genius <laughs> at Stanford. Uh, Blake Bortles is the next level. It's, you know, big enough and strong enough. But it, it, again, if you can't get the processing down, it's an issue. And then the floor is an easy one for me. It's Davis Mills. We've seen this exact dude come out uh, a couple times of the draft before and goes a little earlier than he should be going just because he's smart enough to learn uh, a defense and play in his rookie year. You know? Stanford in the past five or six years has been really, really good at getting those like dream quarterback type builds you know where there's yeah. tall they're strong they have a good arm uh but it's just they're not like good runners they're not athletic they don't have any like escapability to them and uh that's why davis mills is the kind of shit uh and tanner mckee i don't think will do much in the nfl yeah all right. Uh, now we get to number five is where it starts getting pretty exciting. Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. I got him rounds two through four. Uh, the ceiling is going to be Deshaun Watson. This guy can flick the ball 70 yards down the field effortlessly. And uh, it reminds me so much of Deshaun Watson where he doesn't really know where it's going all the time, but it looks so beautiful. And one step below that, I think, would be Jacoby Brissett. Uh, you know, not not the craziest runner, obviously, with the injury. But uh, 
a guy with a very prototypical mechanics. And then the floor is going to be uh, RG3 rushed back too early from the injury because I think he sees an opportunity here and he he may push it too far. He just tore his ACL a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously everyone loves him at the senior bowl, but he couldn't play. So we don't know. All right. Uh, now we'll get into the first round, guys. We'll start off with my number four guy is going to be Will Levis from Kentucky. The ceiling is going to be Roethlisberger. This guy's massive. Uh, you can't bring him down. And when everything's going right, uh, he could be pretty dangerous. Uh, I'm going to say his his average level is what we've seen from Kenny Pickett this year. He could do a little bit of everything. And it's again, it's not spectacular, but I mean, Kenny Pickett really impressed me this year. It's not a, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not trying to downgrade Will Levis here. I, I, I just really like what Kenny Pickett's been doing. Mm-hmm. And the bust version would be Jameis. You know, a guy who just throws way too many picks. Gunslinger. All right. Uh, my number three guy is Anthony Richardson from Florida. Another first rounder. Uh, the ceiling's Cam Newton. Again, probably the most athletic guy in the class and the strongest arm. Mm-hmm. So that that would be Cam Newton. And again, I, I hate to make that kind of comparison, but we've never really seen this guy before other than Cam Newton and yeah. Josh Allen, I guess. Uh, and then I'll, I'll say Justin Fields is the next level. Maybe a guy who, if he's not great at processing, he can run around enough to keep a starting job. And then at the end, it's Zach Wilson. He never figures it out, and he's running for his life, and he's throwing off his back foot, and it's a disaster. So that's your boomer bust guy, Anthony Richardson. Number two, we got C.J. Stroud, Ohio State. Got him going in the top five here. And the ceiling is going to be Phillip Rivers. Uh, we don't see a whole lot of pocket passers coming into the draft nowadays, but mm. this is one of them. So we got Jared Goff at the next level, too. And uh, if he can't get his accuracy down, then it's Ryan Fitzpatrick at the floor. But I still think this guy's going to have a solid career. Yeah. And number one is Bryce Young. He's going number one or number two. Uh, Jalen Hurts is the ceiling. It's everything we've seen from Jalen Hurts this season is what you want Bryce Young to do. And we also got Kyler Murray as the average is, you know, a guy who is kind of running around a little too much. And then the floor would be Russell Wilson from this season where he looked completely shell-shocked and, I guess it's it's the the tier above Zach Wilson, <laughs> where you're completely shell shocked throwing on the run, but you're uh, you're smart enough to win some games. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I'll say with Bryce Young yeah. is something about him just it scares me because well I know what it is about him. It's he's literally like five eight, like he is really yeah. really short, and he is not built. Like, when we look at Kyler Murray, everybody's like, oh, he's super short, blah, 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 blah. But he is built. Like, he is a strong dude, and he's able to take hits, and he's able to maneuver out of contact and do that. Uh, I just don't think Bryce Young has gone through that, and he's not big enough to take NFL hits yet. He's not, like, I just don't know how he makes it through as a possible runner when there's guys that are a lot bigger and yeah. decently as fast as him in the NFL. Uh, and I think it, it could be a quick career for him, unfortunately. But uh, if everything works out well and he has a great old line from day one, that's when he becomes good. But if he has a shitty old line and he's trying to do all these things, he's not going to end up being Justin Fields where he's the most electric runner in the league and he's making these crazy plays week in, week out. He's just going to be a bust. And so – you got to get this yeah. guy in a line if you're drafting. And that's him. where the the Jalen Hurts comparison is part of that. It's part of that system. All right. Uh, I hope I didn't uh, upset you too much, pal, because I sure. know you're looking for a quarterback, and you're like, "What they eat? He's not Justin Fields." So <laughs> Justin Fields isn't bad. He just can't throw the ball yet. Yeah. And he, but also Justin Fields has what he had half a season of Darnell Mooney and Equiminius St. Brown and hey. Chase Pretty Claypool, good. Cole Clement, who's maybe doing things a little interesting right now. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's the Bears for you. I'm excited. Uh, I can, you know, keep doing position by position until we get to the draft because this is what I like to do. Yeah. Perfect what about halftime that Weatherspoon? Weatherspoon? <clears throat> oh, Weatherspoon, dude? Devin Weatherspoon? I've heard a, lot, a lot of people talking about him recently. Oh, yeah. He's cracked, man. He's like Javon, but I think he's better at corner, which is yeah. going to be crazy. But, yeah, anyways, that's halftime, unless you got anything else to oh. add on. All right. All right. Getting started here in the second half, the NBA midseason check-in, or I guess two-thirds of the way Probably in, sir. or whatever you want yeah. to talk it. Uh we're nearing the all-star break. LeBron's going to break the record for most points in a career, either today or tomorrow. He needs 36 points tonight to do it. Uh, so probably tomorrow against I'm gonna the I'm going to say he doesn't do it tonight, yeah. I'm saying he's doing it on a lay fuck you three tomorrow. A little, okay. a little step back. He's doing the Kareem Skyhook to tie it. Or no, he's doing his move <laughs> from uh, the Olympics practice in like 2010 where he does it uh. like the – the double thing and then throws it up. Obviously you can't see it when I'm, if you're just listening, but I did it it all right there. Just look up LeBron's move in the 2010 Olympics practice and you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. All right. Mid season check-in though. We'll go over the playoff teams first uh, on who we are thinking. Uh, We can start off with the West. And as of right now, there's kind of two teams that seem like for sure locks. These guys aren't going to drop out at all. Uh, And that's Denver and Memphis. So we'll kind of just skip those. Uh, but the last six spots in the actual playoffs, not the play-in or anything like that, who do you have coming down for those last six spots? All right. I got the Mavericks with Kyrie. That's going to yep. be big, and I think it's going to work, by the way. We could do a more in-depth talk once we actually see them play together. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Ian was telling me earlier, it reminds me of Houston, and they got pretty far, CP3 yeah. and Harden. Uh, we got the Suns, the Kings, the Pelicans, the Clippers, and please, God, give the Warriors that last one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually went in a little bit different direction for a few teams. Uh, I had them just listed as seeds just because it's easy for me when I was doing it. Yeah. I uh, went Denver, Memphis, of course, and then the Clippers three. I think they're going to figure things out as the, thing, the season goes on. Dallas four, I think it won't be – immediate smooth sailing, but they'll probably yeah. end up being one of the better teams in the West Sacramento five. I think they're good. They're probably gonna make a, another trade. Deadline Get some defense. Yeah. Uh, I went the, with the warriors at six. I think we should be able to weather the storm. I think guys are going to end up playing well. And if last night was a sign of anything, it showed that Jordan Poole can be a facilitator uh, and clay is going to be able to weather the storm down the stretch uh, number seven, I went with New Orleans. I know they've been struggling recently, but Zion should be back soon. Yep. Uh, and once they do, they should be going back to how they were playing at the beginning part of the season. I agree. And the last team that I had, I actually did not have the Suns making it. I had the Minnesota Timberwolves making it. Because I had them at nine. Some good basketball recently. Yeah. Uh, and once Cat comes back, they should be able to hold on to a playoff spot. I just, I think if the Suns were trying to get Kyrie, then they're probably going to try to do something else too, right? Yeah. I, I've heard stuff with KD, stuff like that. Thumb and Miami are the teams that are really sticking out, I think, for him. Mm. Uh, but moving on to the East now, there is three, four teams that seem really locked up. We'll we'll go Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, uh, and then I assume we both have Cleveland and Brooklyn making it as well? Yes. All right. So those are the top mm-hmm. five. Uh, and then the last three. Who do you got for those three spots? All right. Uh, New York Knicks. The Miami Heat, like you said, they're going to do something. And the Chicago Bulls at eight. They're going to have some guys coming back healthy, and I I think they can do it if they win a play-in game. This is a really interesting spot because I I also have the Knicks in Miami, but that eight spot is going to be very, very interesting. There's a few teams that I think have a – have a chance to get it. Atlanta's one, of course. Chicago's yeah. another one. Uh, but also, Indiana and Washington is something that we should watch for as well. Yeah. Uh, because Washington's starting to play a little bit better. Bradley Beal's starting to get healthy. And when they have their core three on the court with Bradley Beal, KP, and Kuzma, it's a solid trio that they have. Uh, Indiana, yeah. we're playing really good ball in the early part of the season. Then Halliburton got hurt. Uh, from there, yeah. it's kind of been bad, but he just came back a few games ago, so hopefully they start figuring their stuff out there. 
Uh, and Chicago, I just don't like Chicago. I don't think Atlanta figures it out either. So I'm going to go with Indiana. I think they're shocking okay. teams in the plan. All right. Moving on to the awards. Let's not start with MVP. Let's go from the other side. Okay. Uh, starting off with the coach of the year. Yeah, I got to go with Joe Missoula. And, you know, when I heard that their guy, I, I'm forgetting how to pronounce his name, the guy that they Man, had Udoka? last year. Yeah, Udoka. Um, I just figured Boston would hover around five, six, seven seed and lose in the second round. Uh, but Boston looks awesome right now. And this guy is keeping everyone's head on straight, Joe Missoula. So he gets my vote. Yeah, I'm going with Joe as well, or not Joe, Joe <laughs> as well. Uh, he's been doing a great job as a coach. And I think it's easy to say that Boston's roster is so good with the guys that they have that they should be able to win with regardless of whoever's coaching for them. But the way that he stepped in and had the best record in the NBA, yeah, that deserves coach of the year. So Joe Missoula, uh, not you, Missoula. Uh, all right, rookie of the year. This one seems pretty obvious. Paulo Bancaro. Yes, sir. We don't need to talk about it anymore. But shout out to Matherin, I guess, from Arizona. You know, we yeah. liked him. We thought he'd be good, but he's just not quite as good as Paulo this year. Yeah, Paulo's averaging 26.6 rebounds as well as 3.7 assists. So great year for him so far in his first year of his campaign or career. Uh, moving on to sixth man of the year, Skyler. Who do you have? Yeah, maybe I'm biased. Maybe you can, you know, straighten me out here. But Jordan Poole off the bench is averaging 20 points per game. That is a lot more than everyone else who has higher odds than him. So I, I don't understand why Brogdon with 12 points per game would be higher than him, right? I will not go pool because I think he'll start more games than what you oh, yeah, should because Steph he will be yeah. with Steph Hurt. So I went with Russell Westbrook, okay. 16, six rebounds and 7.5 assists is a great stat line off the bench. Uh, maybe it won't, it's not the most efficient thing. He's shooting 41% and 28% from three, but he's doing everything else pretty well. And that's, he's one of the reasons why the Lakers aren't fully out of it. You know, they still have a chance. Yeah. Oh, I'll take that line then, that Westbrook line, if he's eligible or qualified, yeah. you know. He's only started, I think, three games this year. Yeah, three games. Oh, okay. So he yeah. be fine. Yeah, perfect. Uh, next up, MIP. Most yeah, improved. we talked about this one a little bit last night. Uh, it's got to be Laurie Markinen. You know, a lot of guys have gone from, you know, all-star to superstar over the past couple of years. But Laurie Markinen, man, last year was averaging 14 and 6. Now it's 25 and 9. That's that's incredible. That's that's all pro power forward numbers right there, you know, and and I think that's the true definition of the award. He probably won't win it, but I think he is the most improved. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we were talking about this yesterday, like like you just said, but we we were kind of talking about how last year jogging it where he kind of went from, you know, fringe all-star to bona fide star in the league. Yeah. And the guy that has that case for it this year is shy who went from 24.5 yeah. to 30.8, uh, as well as similar assists and rebound numbers. Uh, also on defense too, shy has been really good too. 1.7 steals and 1.1 blocks per game. So pretty solid defensively, but yeah. it's gotta be Lori Markin and man, 25 and nine is ridiculous numbers. One of the best power forwards in the league right now. Uh, and so, him turning into a solid all-star is going to be the reason why we're going with Flory there. Mm-hmm. Moving on to defensive player of the year. I'm going with Nicholas Claston from Brooklyn. Uh, nine rebounds, 2.6 blocks per game. That's number one in the NBA. And there's a lot of shady things going on with Triple J uh, with the home uh, scorekeeper, giving him extra yeah. blocks and steals that he didn't really get. So I think Claxton has been the best. And obviously there's some, some wing players doing some great stuff, but as a primary defensive guy, it's Claxton. Sorry, Claxton. Jesus. It's one of those days. <laughs> I'm going to go with Giannis. I think it, I kind of, yeah, I'm not upset with there. that. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely not going Jaron Jackson because I do not think he deserves it at all. Uh, but Giannis has been as good as he's ever been defensively. He's, grabbing a ton of rebounds. He leads the league in rebounds right now, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and 
I mean, he's also making blocking shots, stealing the ball, and he's just been good uh, total as far as like defensive win shares and stuff like that goes analytically wise. Uh, And then the big one, MVP. Who do we have here? We're going with the three-peat, Kyle. Nikola Jokic. The points per game dropped a little bit, 25. But it's 11 rebounds, 10 assists per game. They're the one seed. They're finally doing it, man. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys were hurt. A lot of guys are, have been not as efficient as Jokic has been these past couple of years. And I think he deserves it, man. Yeah, I'm going Jokic here as well, too. He's been – he's – like stupid efficient. It's crazy how how good he is, and uh, the average in the triple double is definitely going to get him there as well. Mm. Uh, if Russ did it then, and his team wasn't that good, I think Jokic is definitely going to do it, especially if his team is the one seed. Uh, and he's not even like you know average in thirty seven minutes a night or anything like that. He's playing thirty three, which has kind of been his standard throughout his career, but. Mm. He's he's doing this triple doubles or getting these triple doubles with sometimes not playing the fourth quarter. So he he's, <laughs> he's the MVP for me. Uh, and that leads us into the finals prediction. We're not going to give you the whole playoffs because we'd be here for an hour. Uh, but just the yeah. finals prediction. So who's winning over who and in how many games? Yeah, I'm going to take the Celtics over the Nuggets. And we'll give it the gentleman sweep five games. And I, I may be lazy because they're the two one seeds, but I think these are the by far the two best teams in the NBA. I wanted to go with Milwaukee bad, but the Celtics are on one right now and they don't have a bunch of injuries at the wing, uh, you know, like Milwaukee does. And uh, that's, that's going to be huge in the playoffs. And the, I guess on the West, the Nuggets side, uh, everyone's healthy for them for the first time in forever. And we mm. just talked about how great Jokic is only playing 30 something minutes a game. He's going to be fine to play some crazy triple OT games and over to, and, um, uh, in the playoffs. And uh, yeah. who knows what the Mavs, Grizzlies, Suns, Warriors are going to be looking like in a couple of months. So go with the Nuggets yeah. to win the West. Yeah. I also went with Boston over, over Denver, but I went with it in six games. Uh, I think there's definitely something to the, in order to win the finals, you had to have been in the finals type thing where you, you have to have the experience in big games. And I know, I think Giannis and and that team is one of the only teams that last like 10 to 15 years to have been in this spot where they just went in and won it. Uh, Even the Raptors, Kawhi was the main guy on the team and he obviously had been there a few times with the Spurs. So I think Boston having that experience of last year and going up against one of the most, historically great teams of all time with Steph and clay and Draymond and Wiggins and all those guys last year is definitely going to help them this year going against a team who doesn't have anybody who has been to the finals in the nuggets. And I think what sets the nuggets apart this year compared to last year, because last year the warriors, what they swept, not swept them, but the gentlemen swept them in, in five games. And that was with no MPJ and no Jamal Murray. But this year they have the late game shot maker and that's Jamal Murray, man. And he, we've seen what he did in the bubble and go crazy and score 55 points in the game or whatever it was. But I just don't know if Jokic specifically can be that late shot guy. So having Jamal Murray be there is such a huge thing. And I think that's going to get him to the finals. But once it gets there, Boston is just too overpowered, man. And their their bench, their depth, their stars, whatever it is, they they just do it better than anybody mm-hmm. else in the NBA right now. Yeah, and, and like you said, it's been a theme for a long time now. It's not a new thing that the team that's new to the finals gets blasted their first time. And, yeah. you know, they got to come back the next year and see if they can do it. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it makes teams good, unlike the Suns. Mm-hmm. All right. uh, let's get into our lips and our bold predictions for this week as we move back to the Super Bowl here for a little bit because I think all of our stuff is with that. Uh, yep. This week, I have Eagles minus one and a half. Uh, don't listen to what Scott is going to tell you because the Eagles are going to beat Kansas City by two possessions. So just having them win by two points, that's a that's a layup at living okay. up to its name. I'll say that. All right. Well, Kyle called me crazy last, sorry, two weeks ago when I took Kansas city plus one and a half against the Bengals. I'm going to do it again against Philly. Whenever I can get Mahomes as an underdog, I'm jumping all over that. 
One and a half, I don't care. They're winning the Super Bowl. Just follow the script, Kyle. It's right in front of you. What if they lose by one? I'll take it. I mean, I mean, it hits your bet, but they're not winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, That'd be terrible. Maybe, maybe I'll go Eagles money line for my, my thing. Uh. All right, bold predictions, both couple TD scores for me and Skyler. Mm-hmm. I have Dallas Goddard, touchdown score. He scored a touchdown in the game against uh, New York, the, the Giants in the divisional round. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's going to get one here because it just feels that way. I don't know. That's, games like that or plays like this are kind of just fuel plays, you know? Yeah, and uh, I, I wanted to go a similar strategy here with mine. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey first touchdown. That's plus 600, a lot better than him just scoring an anytime touchdown, which is probably more likely. But, you know, Super Bowl stakes mm. are high. So we're going to we're going to give the plus 600 for the Travis Kelsey first touchdown. He's going to be a monster in this one. I'm actually going Jason Kelsey first touchdown. Oh yeah. Yeah, eligible receiver. Recovered fumble. The holy That'd roller. Be- That'd be crazy. How many people would lose money on that? Uh, a lot of people. I'll say that. But uh, yeah, that's going to do it for episode 127, right? 26. 20, 126, yeah. <laughs> uh, next week, we'll be talking about who won the Super Bowl. Maybe we have like some free agency prediction or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it'll be the 14th, so it'll be Valentine's Day. A little Valentine's Day special for me and Skylar. Uh, it'll be a day away wow. from that car trade deadline. So we'll probably know, uh, or at least know more about that. We'll see if Aaron Rodgers has gone on his trip, whatever he wants to call it. <laughs> trip uh, in the darkness. Exactly. And then, uh, trying to think if there's anything else next week, maybe like some free agency stuff we might know or something, but we'll see. We'll get there when it happens. A little World uh, Baseball Classic preview? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) perhaps. We will see y'all. Anything is possible. Next week. Go Chiefs.